Before we record episode 11 of Dads on the Fly, we would like to take a minute to thank one of our listeners for this uh, outstanding review. Wade out there, fly guy, says, blending the ideas of family, parenting, and lessons learned in fly fishing into real value-added conversation between highly passionate anglers and devoted family men. Wonderful listen and down-to-earth conversation. No egos. Appreciation for the journey and progress. Thank you, Wade out there, Fly Guy. We appreciate that. And I'd like to say a special thanks to you. I've enjoyed listening to your podcast, which is the Wade Out There podcast, um, which is great for all fly fishermen of and fisher ladies of uh, just that interviews and talks a lot about fly fishing. So uh, we appreciate that review, and we appreciate your podcast as well. Uh, let's dive into episode 11 of Dads on the Fly. there and welcome to episode 11 of dads on the fly uh i am joshua simmons and i'm here with my brother caleb tonight caleb how are you doing buddy i am doing well doing very well uh needing to get on the water but uh hopefully that's coming soon we have a plan to get on the water soon uh i would just like to say i have had an awesome monday especially a monday afternoon so i am in really good spirit sometimes that happens and i'm ready to talk about some things tonight that i think uh, everyone will find uh hopefully entertaining yeah let's do it let's fire it up I'm going to do most of the question asking at the beginning, so we're going to do a, kind of two parts to this episode. The uh, first part of this episode, we're going to talk about beginner fly tying. Yeah, got a lot of, lot of experience there. I have none. <laughs> In fact, like I don't even know how to, like I don't even know where to start. I know you start with a hook. Uh, well... Yeah, kind of. You, you put the hook. Put the, I know. I know you need a vice, but don't you like put the hook on the vice? Can you yeah. bring the vice? Do you have your vice? Let's like get it over here. Uh, yeah. Is it, is it mean, easy to get sitting, to? Uh, yeah, fairly. We could. I mean, I don't think people want to get a how-to guide of how to do this. Uh, but I want to see over, it over radio. I'm a, I'm a visual guy, so I, I know that like the well, vice yeah, holds yeah. the hook, right? Go get it. Yeah, I'll go get it. You go get you, it. Well, you, you I, keep, I'll entertain you keep the entertain people here, everybody. So tonight we're gonna intro with a little uh, just talking about time flies, which uh, I've never tied a fly at all uh my brother caleb has started tying flies tying flies yeah that's said that right and uh many of your uh fly anglers um do enjoy tying flies uh and um there are oh man would millions be a fair word for the amount of flies out there Maybe. Maybe I mean, pretty, people create their own. Lot. That's the thing. I mean, uh, people create so many different variations of everything. So, yeah, I mean, it can get pretty pretty extensive in the amount of flies that exist. And when you think about different flies for different types of species and different types of fly fishing, for sure. Uh, yeah, there's a lot out there. Okay, so let's, let's first talk about um, why did you begin tying flies so it started uh from a gift basically uh, a friend of our dad's had a tackle shop and had a lot of fly tying uh 
material and fly tying. He had a fly tying bench that he had built or somebody had built for him. And uh, when his tackle shop, when he was kind of closing up shop, he just gave it to dad as a gift and said, hey, I know your boys are fly fishing. See if one of them wants this. And dad offered it to us. And I jumped at it. And uh, it um, started when I thought I was going to have time, like when my son was born. Learned very quick. Had <laughs> no time joke. for that. Yeah, it was a very funny joke. And so, uh, like, tried to kind of get started with him when he was very little and uh, definitely stopped. But then here, here really probably in the last year and a half, I guess COVID kind of had a lot to deal with this. Um, started finding myself with a little bit more time in the evenings after putting the kids to bed, stay up. You know, I'm, I'm not a very um, – uh, well learned, and I don't spend you know six hours behind the vise tying hundreds of flies. Usually, it's I'll tie a couple here and there. Uh, if I know I've got a trip coming up, I'll tie what I want for that trip. Um, and really, it's kind of one of those things, kind of like fly fishing. You know, you you get the stuff you need as you go, and then you have a lot of it to uh, last for a long time. All right, so I'm gonna ask. My next question, okay. which is I want to just get this out of the way now. Knowing me the way you know me, mm-hmm. is there any chance I will ever Absolutely be Absolutely not. Sorry, <laughs> I'll answer that question before you could ask. Is there any chance you'll get into tying, I'm assuming, is what you were going to ask? Well, I was going to say, do you even think I could do it? I think you could do it. I think anybody can do it if they give themselves uh, the biggest thing, and we've talked about this on this podcast, that I've had to learn with fly tying. Oh, it's our word. You have to be extremely patient. Yeah, and we know I'm not that, so that's yeah. the first downfall. Number yeah, two, you, to, you just have to be patient because you have to go into it knowing you're not going to do very good at the beginning. I mean, just like trying anything else. I mean, kind of like when we learned how to fly fish. You know, we we didn't really know what we were doing, but we still had some success because we would catch fish. Like with this, you're kind of creating something from scratch, and you just got to go in knowing your first hundred ties are gonna they're not going to be good. <laughs> okay, so. Now that we got that out of the way, mm-hmm. that I would not be able to do it. Uh, you could. You just, I mean, I could. I just probably don't want to. Yeah. Plus, you time for me, so it's okay. Uh, my second question would be, let's let's break this down a little bit. Um, okay. I don't know how far. I just want to go a little in depth for a minute. Okay. okay. So, you start with a hook, right? And you, yeah, and you so put got, it in this vice that kind of clamps it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, we've got a hook. You know, we clamp it in a vice. Uh you got some. We'll have to do another episode when we go. Um, when we go visual. We got visual plan for for the start of next year. So it holds the hook. I'm looking at. It. Okay. So it holds the hook, and mm-hmm. then you are gonna tie whatever you want around that hook in different ways. And isn't there some other tools you want to tell me about? Oh gosh, there's lots of different tools. What is lots that thing called? Things. So this is called a bobbin. Uh, it's basically what you're. Oh, it's like red. sewing. I swear, my wife could do this. Your wife probably would be very good at it. So um, yeah, your bobbin kind of holds your thread. And then you kind of just start it on your hook by basically wrapping it over itself. And just um, wrap some some thread or what is that thread? Mm-hmm, yeah. Just like basic sewing and thread? about, you talked about a million types of flies. There's thousand types of thread. No, not really basic sewing thread. I mean, I guess you could technically use that. Um, but uh, there's definitely different types of Oh, this is so cool. I, in all the years uh, I've fly fished, I've never seen it. So you like start wrapping it around, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And you just get however much you want or whatever color, mm-hmm. yada, yada, yada. And, um, and, and how many, you have two bobbins? Oh gosh. No, I've got, you've got more. I've you got brought two over here. So like, two over here right now. What, once you have a bobbin, is that bobbin always the same color or can you put a different no, color no, on that yeah, bobbin? I mean, yeah, you could, you can take these off and, um, 
run different types of thread through yeah. them. And this episode may just be more important for me to like learn things here. Like, this is great. <laughs> yeah, but if you guys want to know, I mean, this is the episode to do it. Okay. Yeah. So like you tie flies, you, you wrap bobbins around like, well, then you put feathers, right? And tie yeah, the... so you use all kinds of different materials from, you know, feathers to synthetic material to, um, dubbing, you know, hair's ear dubbing. Tell the um, folks what dubbing is. Uh, so <laughs> I'm really not going to, have a very good explanation of myself. Basically, fuzz. <laughs> fuzz. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, um, you know, it's fuzz. made from, it can be made from a lot of different material. Um, uh, a lot of it is made from like, like squirrel fur, rabbit fur. Yeah, yeah, yeah like I've the, seen that the in the shops for stuff. sure. Um, then you have like synthetics that are made from all kinds of different material. Gotcha. So, uh, mainly, you could tie fly, you mainly tie flies in the what size range? Um, so since mostly and just if you don't know, if you're new to fly fishing, that will be size of hook. Yeah, size we're of hook, about. which is weird for fly fishing because the lower the number, the larger the hook, and there's a reason for that, but we're not going to get into all technicalities of that. Well, it's like golf. The lower the number, the the higher up you finish on the rankings. Sure. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, think about it. Yeah, I don't think that makes sense to anybody but you. But, um, yeah, so... I usually fish, or I usually tie between like size 14, size 16, subsurface flies, um, dry flies, size 12, maybe just because I like to be able to see them. Um, and then if I'm trying any like streamers and stuff like that, size 8, 10, maybe even as big as size yep. 6 at some point. Okay, so you, you those are your hook sizes for the most part. I like it. And uh, I mean, what, I could tie like size 20 and size 22 little midges, but that just gets okay. super what, technical. What are we? What are these other things here? I'm just looking at his vice, ladies and gentlemen. Um, He's got like uh, a little, so I didn't bring a little all the poker tools stick here. or something. What is that? <laughs> it's, like, it's a bodkin. Uh, basically just used for a lot of different things, um, helping space things out. Yeah, I gotcha. Uh, this is a whip finish tool. So this is a something. Whip finish tool. Yeah, so when you finish tying your fly in order to tie the thread off so it doesn't. It so looks it like a paper a clip I played with in school during, while I was teaching class. not that, but yeah. So um, <laughs> basically you take this and kind of wrap it in a weird way and. Helps you kind of wrap the thread. Oh, that's pretty itself. spiffy. Look at that thing. And then take puts a knot oh, in. Look it. at and you. So you. That was impressive. That was nice. And you you have to come over and we'll have to tie some flies sometime. I, I don't want to tie them. I just want to fish with them. Well, you can just watch. Uh, what is I that little sticky stuff it. down there at the bottom? Uh, that's some dubbin wax that I don't even oh, really wax. use okay. anymore. Um, All right. Most guys don't use it. Uh, there's cool. a lot of tools I don't have that I need that I want to get, but you know. So if you're shopping for Caleb for Christmas, like your favorite, like. I mean, these are um, fancy scissors. These are very, very sharp, fancy scissors that I have to hide from my children. Yeah, they look pretty sharp. Mm -hmm. What's the quarter for? Just randomly? Uh, that's probably from a child. Okay, I was just wondering if like tying flies. How much? <laughs> that's how much we're <laughs> charging for our flies when we start uh, out as a quarter? Yeah, uh, yeah, that'd probably be about it. Um, so a couple reasons I think people tie flies. Number one, it does save money, kinda. Nope. Eh, well, we could have that debate. Know. I mean. If I mean, I read a lot of fly time forums and watch because because here's the way I mean, people are like, how do you learn? I mean, YouTube, that's how I've learned how to tie everything. YouTube University. I mean, there's some great guys out there. Um, some great follows on like Instagram or like fly fish food. Uh, they their fly shop out in somewhere out west and uh, they have a lot of great material, a lot of great stuff. Um, they post some awesome videos of how to tie different flies. Lance Egan out there, he's kind of uh world-renowned for some of the different flies that he's created and come up with and with his tutorials. So those are really good. So get on YouTube. Learning from there is uh, definitely the place to go to find out if you want to get into it or not. Um, 
Sorry, what was the question? You had asked me a question before that. The question was, do you save money? Time oh, yeah, do you save money? So if you get in, but that's the thing, yeah, if you get into it to save money, you're getting into it for the wrong reason. Okay, good. You know, just like with fly fishing, you're going to realize, oh, but I need this material, or oh, but I need this tool, or oh, but I need this if I want to make these the right way. And so by the time you get into it, it's not it's not much of a money saver. I mean, some guys do, and some guys will say, hey, I do this to save money, and more power to them. I have not saved any money. If anything, I probably spent more from vices to materials. Yeah, that's what I needed to hear so that I can just keep buying my flies. I I use a lot of Caleb's flies when we're fishing for sure. Especially if he ties up like a set, like a you know, twelve fifteen or something of the same fly we're fishing with that day. Um like I said, don't think it's something I see in my future. And I think that's okay. I think I would like to say that. Some people say, Oh, if you don't tie your own flies, you you can't fly fish. But I I don't know. I'm gonna go on board to stay strong that I'm not gonna be somebody who ties my own flies, gladly use other people's and still catch more fish than most people. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not one of those things you have to do in order to fly fish. But I will tell you, there is something pretty... I, I don't really know how to describe it. There's something pretty special when you catch a fish on a fly you tied. Or it's even cooler when someone else catches a fish on a tie. I will gladly keep doing that for a long period yeah, of time. and I'll gladly yes. allow you. Like the um, first time you tie, we'll learn how to tie some big smallmouth streamer. Smallmouth, I'll, I'll gladly be the first one to try it out. Or yeah, those we're going to have to pay for salt water or yeah you can we'll get it eventually (laughs) yeah um so that's kind of uh anything else you want to say about fly tying i mean not really yeah i know we i know we want to talk about a few different things no no no, but it's okay keep going yeah i mean nothing really i just think it's it's a the reason i started really get into it is it's a way for me to stay connected with fly fishing without having to go fishing does that make sense? Oh, it makes perfect sense. That's so why I watch I can, fly fishing videos. Yeah, I mean, kind of the same. Well, and even better, you tie flies while you're watching fly fishing videos. That's good. I mean, that's kind of what I do sometimes. Multitasking. But um, it's a, uh, it's just a great way to stay connected with the sport, to stay connected with the hobby. Without, you know, I can I can put the kids to bed nine o'clock at night. Sally can be watching something on TV, and I can sit there and tie flies. That's and, awesome. It's not like having to plan a trip and yeah, doing all the things. You know, it, it's it's a way for me to have fun with it, and and it build it builds a lot of anticipation for the next trip. Oh, for does sure, that make I sense? think it does. So yeah. that I'm, uh, you know, I'm getting excited about the next trip that we're taking. So I'm tying up a bunch of flies to get ready for it, and it just, I mean, just like I mean, just like with fly fishing, the anticipation's the fun of it. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> just yeah. sitting back and we waiting are, and hoping and we have a big announcement we are not going to make tonight, but anticipation will be a part of it. Let me just tell <laughs> you, we are not going to make that announcement. <laughs> so don't let that out of the bag. We are saving that for an entire episode by itself. Yeah, we will. Um, you want to look forward to that. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, I'm totally sidetracked right now. We are sitting at Caleb's. Oh, it's okay. I just think uh, the anticipation that you get from tying your own flies and building building that for your next fly trip, it, it just makes it more exciting. I'm totally having more excited a, to go. I'm totally having a squirrel. I'm just enamored. We're at Caleb's dining room table, which is where we record this. I, I'm enamored by this. It's like a pumpkin. Dude, I don't, is it I don't, a pumpkin? It's fall here. It's a fall decor of your wife. Some kind of poopery stuff. Is that what you call it? Poopery, like, poopery. It I looks like know. a pumpkin. Smell it. I think it's supposed but to it, smell good. It does. It smells like cinnamon. But well, see, there you go. That's a real. It's like the smallest Dude, I pumpkin. I don't have a clue. I your, want to your know. ADHD is really kicking in. It right has now. for the moment, but this pumpkin has really taken my attention yep. for the minute. No idea. Um, anything else about tying flies? Um, I would like to say that we would, if you're starting out tying flies out there, 
we will gladly sample your flies for you. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's what I want to get out there. <laughs> okay. we, we will let you know if they work. Yep. And I also would like to say this about tying flies. And I think you've been proof of this. We've taken some of your flies on the water. And you would be like, ah, well, it's not great. Mm-hmm. But we fished it just fine. Yeah, a lot of guys, you know, I mean, there's like an art to this thing. If you get on like fly fishing forums and Facebook groups and things like that, there's guys that that spend thousands of dollars on cameras to take perfect pictures of the flies that they've tied. I mean, so... I wonder if they have children. There's just an... <laughs> they probably do. Um, there's just an art to it. And there's a lot of guys that take pictures and, you know, paint pictures of, tie, of I bet flies not, that they've tied. And I bet they're not preachers. Maybe. I don't or know. teachers. Not to have $1,000 cameras. Uh, well, that's true. <laughs> but they, uh, there's a real art to it. And um, it, it can be very entertaining. If you're into... I mean, I, Sally picks on me all the time. She calls it arts and crafts for grown men. Um, and, you know, I do feel like sometimes... That's a I'm great in, way to look at sometimes it. Sometimes I'm in, like, back in vacation Bible school again, doing, like, an art and crafts Which would thing. once again <laughs> explain why I don't want to do it. Because yeah. I hated arts and crafts in VBS. That's so true. I would never want to go to that vacation Bible school station. Let's just get off on this for a minute about okay. vacation Bible yeah. school. Oh, it's gosh, been a lost be art. Yeah. Vacation Bible school used to be like, well, let's break it down. You had, this has turned into a little VBS review. You had <laughs> songs with your music person, right? Tell you're in a good mood tonight. Yes. You had songs <laughs> with your music person, correct? Yeah. Okay. And you had uh, arts and crafts. Uh-huh. Some kind of game. Mm-hmm. Usually. Is there something I'm missing? Oh, food, snacks. Always had to have a snack. Yeah, and it was like a rotation, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, that's the way we always did it as kids. Yeah, that's awesome. I almost wonder sometimes if we couldn't do that sometimes and where, where, some, I, where some I teach. Some type of an adult world. Yeah, well, well that'd be good <laughs> too. Adult but, yeah. setting. <laughs> adult setting. We had a lot of things we could do with sinners. Arts and crafts, <laughs> food, singing, and yeah, that, that was great. But yeah. vacation Bible school, I'd never wanted to do arts and crafts. Yep. But you know, I think my wife, let's bring her. I think Lavara was she. I think she was. Uh, oh, she's not here. But I think she was either led to the church we're currently at at mm-hmm. VBS, or she might have been. I can't remember if she was led to faith at VBS. I think it was led to the church at VBS, yeah. and eventually led to faith at the church. But um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, vacation Bible school. I mean, uh, Arch and Crafts for adults. Never thought of it that way. Yep. One one last question on okay. time flies, which you this one may be a little hard. Can you compare it? to any part of fatherhood or parenting, mm. tying flies, without I mean, we, saying patience. We've already talked talk about patience all the time. I mean, like, you're tying a pretty flies. Like, you don't have a girl, but, like, dressing a girl is pretty hard. So, like, when you're a dad at home by yourself. Yeah, I've got a niece um, or so two. Dressing kids so, is pretty hard. Like, but, like yeah, I don't you're do not really, You're not really creating kids. I don't dress my creative. sons. So, yeah, I, mean, um, I don't choose their clothing. I but, barely can choose my own. But you, uh, I think, you know, uh, that's a hard one. I know it is. Uh, I, pre- I think one of the things that, that fly tying has done for me is it's allowed me to get a little bit more creative. Um, so, and I think about that when it comes to parenting, you know, sometimes we do have to get creative and how we do things. Oh, I like um, it. We can go we have to try things. Yeah. We have to try new things and we have to try different things and we have to try, um, we have to be okay with not, with, like, kind of what we were going back to a minute ago when you said, you know, we were talking about the fact that some guys are like super particular about how precise their fly is that they've tied. Um, I don't think a trout sitting underneath the water cares if every segment of the, you know, rib that you put on that fly is perfectly 
it's based out because I don't think bugs are perfect like that. I've, so I've had I've had some. I mean, very I've, deep conversations with very some of the very big trout, and they've told me that it doesn't matter. <laughs> some of the ugliest flies that I've ever tied have caught the most fish. So, and I think kind of when it goes to parenting, you know, sometimes we want to create perfect things and stuff for our kids, but the 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 bare minimum does just fine. I like it. That was good. Mm-hmm. I'll, I will go down saying, you know, I guess. I guess as we continue to podcast, we become more of experts on the topic. Even though we're not, we're not, we're not. We're, we are far from experts. We're not experts, but, yeah. but you know, people have sent us some questions. People, mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot more like Facebook combo hits. You know, like where should I go fish? What should yeah. I, you know, so I'm kind of feeling like I'm not. I feel like a regular dude who can give people advice, which is what I love. I want to mm-hmm. be the regular guy. Yeah, and I will always say, no matter where fly fishing takes me, yes, time of year, I'm not going to fish a yellow Sally in. January, mm-hmm. okay, but if there's a dry fly bite and I know the color and I can present the fly, I feel pretty confident. Yeah. Like I don't have to. I'm not a huge. I have to match the hatch. Not in West yeah. North Carolina where I live. Now, yeah, maybe in Montana you have to. But you know, I've watched a lot of videos and there's like a hopper hatch going on. It could be orange, green, purple, red. I mean, mm-hmm. you just have to present that hopper. You might find a color that works better that day. Mm-hmm. But I guess my point I'm trying to make is. Tie flies, if you want to start tying flies, which I'm not, but tie flies, you feel comfortable fishing. Mm-hmm. Don't like, oh, i got to tie this fly. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't was tie that? it if I'm not going to use it. Yeah, you tied some mops the other night, right? Oh, yeah. Out of a rug? Mm-hmm. The, the bathroom rug in our bathroom is missing a few strands right now. It's awesome. Yep. We're going to go That's throw it at some DH water later. Weirdest thing you've ever tied a fly. It's probably the weirdest, like, material I've ever used, yeah. Typically, it's rug. all, like, animal hairs and feathers, right? Yeah, mostly. To the most part. Mm-hmm. Thread, animal hairs, feather. Yeah. Some plastic stuff every now and then. Yeah, and the harder flies to tie tend to be dry flies. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. Especially like tying parachute posts and different things like that. It gets and, pretty and, and big streamers are also hard. <sighs> Not really. The first fly they're I learned expensive. how to tie. Uh, they're just more material. I'm talking first, about those like huge articulate streamers we were oh, casting yeah, that no, time. Like, those are hard, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, but like woolly buggers and stuff. That's what I learned to tie first. Woolly buggers? Yeah, because it, it kind of uses a lot of different techniques. On a big fly that we, you then learn how to use. We love to a good woolly bugger. Smaller. Yeah. What you, if you could tie a woolly bugger in like fluorescent orange or something? Oh, yeah, sure. Does anybody you do that? You the material. Uh, oh, I've just, never seen one. I tend, to, I tend to fish white, black, olive, and mm-hmm. tan woolly boogers. Yeah. Through, uh, but we should tie one like Clemson orange and purple. Oh, with a big purple bead on it. That'd be kind of cool. Just to see if it would work. Probably wouldn't, but it'd be kind of fun. I mean, it'd be cool to have, right? Yeah. I'm have to do that. Yeah, I like that idea. Is there anything else you want to talk about tying flies? Oh, you, so. you did a great job. Good. Thanks, That oh, was a fun conversation about tying flies. It was our first half tonight of the episode. Yeah. For our second half of the episode, we, we decided it was time to do a book review. Book review. Let's do it. And at some point, we need to talk about fatherhood, too, because mm-hmm. we haven't we done that. Have we haven't done that much, but, you know. Um, and, and I know that some of our listeners expect that. Or at least the funny parts of fatherhood. Well, maybe we can come up with a funny parenting story for the end of the episode. But let's do the book review. Okay. First of all, who reads more books? Out of you and me? Well, you're in grad school right now, but I'd still <laughs> that, probably say that me. That does not count. <laughs> okay. Grad school reading and book reading are two different things. It's called the grad school scan. Okay. Um, <laughs> I like that. That's if pretty good. If you've ever been to grad school, yeah. it's called the grad school scan. Uh-huh. And uh, so I don't. When I get a book for grad school, consider none of your professors are listening to our show. 
One of my professors taught me the grad school scan. Oh, okay. So I'm well, going to go with that's maybe that's okay. Right, but like I it. doubt right. my professors are listening to the show. <laughs> um, no, maybe I should just make my kids start listening to the show for extra credit in their class. We could build our listeners. <laughs> I thought about that. That's a good idea. Ask them extra, like put extra credit questions yes, on paper. There'll be from questions from the episodes <laughs> just to build our listening. Anyway, um, so yes, Caleb reads far more books than I do. Yeah. And here is why kind of the same reason I don't tie flies. Reading books requires you to A, sit still. Yeah. That is a struggle. <laughs> okay. And B, it requires time. Yeah. Also a struggle. Mm-hmm. However, when I get a book, and this may be the third reason I don't read any books, because when I get a book that I really love, usually blast through it pretty I have to read it in like three yeah. days. Like, mm-hmm. I can't. You can't sit back and enjoy it. That's why I don't read fiction. Yeah. I can't tell you oh, the last fiction book I've read. Yeah. I, re- I really cannot. I have read, I read leadership books, mm-hmm. love them, read them in like two days, three days, love mm-hmm. them, can read all day. But I, I, I literally, we talked about this the other day in one of my grad school classes. Like, I can't remember the last time I read a fiction book. Yeah. I, I don't read fiction. Maybe you're missing, you're I mean, missing out, man. I remember reading The Hobbit in like ninth grade. You want to know something funny? What? I'm rereading The Lord of the Rings right now. You, are re- you know, I've never read The Lord of the Rings. I just read The Hobbit. <laughs> oh, man, you're missing out. I've well, never read any Harry Potters. Um, I don't know. I just don't read fiction. So nothing against you fiction readers. My wife loves fiction. I just don't read fiction. However, how many months ago was it when you gave me this book? So I got this book on vacation this year in May. And I read it maybe before school started. So yeah, I gave it to you in the summer because I finished after I read we, it in a week. After our vacation. I, think I, I thought I gave it to you on your vacation, but maybe not. No, but I don't think I read it until we were back from yeah, our okay. family vacation. Anyway. This book, oh, I can't tell you how much I love this book. So let's let's go ahead and like name the book and talk a little bit about it. Okay, the book is called the. You want to say it? The Optimist. Yes, sorry, <laughs> I do. I didn't want to say it wrong. The Optimist: A yeah. Case for the Fly Fishing Life. Now, and it's by David Coggins, okay, who lives in New York City. Yeah. Okay, first of all, the title is like perfect for me. Yeah. Because I'm an Enneagram 7, which means I'm an optimist to a fault. So, mm-hmm. obviously, I was already into this title of the book. So, when I read the introduction of this book, the very first... It's literally like me. The very first sentence is like every time we ride anywhere. Because the first sentence says, Moving water thrills me. I can't drive over a bridge without looking down at the river and wondering whether or not trout live there. Ladies and gentlemen, we you don't understand. have that conversation every time we drive anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, you do not understand. We will ride over a ditch. Yeah. And I'll be like, do you think there's a fish over there? Yeah. And, and then I love, it continues on in the, in the book, and this is pretty true too. Uh, you're so mesmerized looking at the fish, I have to be scared whether or not we're going to merge into oncoming traffic. So. <laughs> yes. Like, we will... I can remember on that trip we went to Virginia uh-huh. and we crossed this other river. Yeah. And I was like, remind me to look that up on the way home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I do it with everything. Yep. It, it's it's really gotten we were I, I can't remember if I talked about this in the last episode, but we were on this uh we were at this cookout the other night, right? Mm-hmm. I took Foster, he was catching the fish on the spinner rod. Yeah. And like I didn't want to eat. Like there's this huge pond. Yeah. And I was trying to figure out like what time of night. They might start hitting like a top water bite or something. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. it, it's it's crazy. Yeah, and I never was like that when I was a kid, but now I'm like, I just I don't go anywhere and I don't think there's fish. And it doesn't matter. Like it could be a ditch that runs through town or a 
a creek. I'm like, we can find fish there. Yeah. That's always my thought. So let's, let's go back to the book. The book. The book is, let me see how many, what chap- did you, how many chapters. What did you enjoy the most about the book? Okay. So I don't want to so get. Let's talk a little bit. Let's hold on. I don't want to get in trouble here. That, yeah. Before we ask that question, let's uh, let's kind of describe the book a little bit. So it's called again, "The Optimist: A Case for a Fly Fishing Life." I get Tried giddy talking items. about this book. I know it's great. Uh, each chapter is kind of walking See, through one, his uh, growth and learning how to fly fish from fishing small rivers and creeks in Wisconsin when he was growing up in, in his early 20s, learning from some old guys how to do it to there are eight where he chapters. lives now in New York. Mm-hmm. There are eight chapters of the book. Yeah. Um, not including the introduction and mm-hmm. the uh, afterward. Mm-hmm. Each chapter features a species of fish and a place. A location. A location that Mr. Coggins has gone to chase these fish. Yeah. It's and it also includes a principle. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that makes perfect sense yeah. that you remember the principles and I remember the truths. <laughs> <laughs> That's nature. Because I can remember, like, I had to read the book almost verbatim, the trips. Yeah. And you remember the principles. That yeah. is perfect about me and you. Anyway, let's just talk about, I don't know where we want to go with this, but if, I don't want to get in trouble saying this. If, if I had the ability to do all of the, I mean, it's like, it's literally reading these trips was like, wow. Yeah. How? You, you read them and you were like, okay, here's some bucket list places of things I want to go and things I want to do. Or I was just trips I want to take. immediately a little jealous of Mr. Coggins' life for the how he wrote this book. <laughs> Not going to yeah. lie. We're yeah. going to send this to him. Hope he checks it out. But anyway, definitely awesome. So I don't think we want to break down every chapter, but no. So what, you want to go what, over your favorite or? Yeah. No? Just tell me what kind of. What did you like most about the book? It's like he picked the best of some of the chapters just really stood out to me. And here's, here's, okay, let's go. I will go a little principle. Yeah. What I loved about the book was it reminded me at the beginning of my, how I got into fly fishing. Yeah. I didn't have a mentor that I met and got in a canoe like he did in Wisconsin, fishing for smallmouth. But I had guys who got me started and I went with. Yeah. And those are older gentlemen that I still fish with. Yes. And that's who, what he did. Yeah. And he, he kind of said, you no know, people wouldn't want to be, what was it, 20 years old or however old he was in the book. Yeah. Going with. 60-year-old man. Going out with these. Yeah. yeah. But I love that. Yeah. I still fish with mm-hmm. those yeah. age men all the time. Yeah. Um, I would argue I'm a little better than they are now. But anyway. <laughs> okay. but uh, But yeah, I still fish with them all the time, right? So that's kind of the first thing that drove me into the book. Yeah. There was, but the other thing was there was not a chapter that I didn't now want to do that trip. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. I um, mean, he's got chapters in there about going to the Bahamas, chasing bonefish to catching salmon in yeah, Canada, going to Maine and catching brook trout in small creeks and ponds, going to England where fly fishing began. That part was brown cool. Crap, brown my, trout. My top three were definitely. By far, I mean, number one for me is Patagonia. Patagonia. <laughs> but it's got a not in there about because going to it's not because the fish is it. No, tell them why. <laughs> I, I have to before I leave this earth. I have to go to Patagonia and fish. It's the experience. Yeah the the way he say the guide, the way he talks about how the guides talk to you down there. Yeah, 
and how they just pull you up to the shoreline at night with the meal already cooked. Yeah. It's like one of our trips mm-hmm. that we don't have to work for. Yeah. You know, it, it was just, oh, man. That that was probably my favorite chapter by far. The, yeah. And he was chasing rainbow trout in Patagonia. Yeah. Um, and you're flying in and then taking puddle jumpers over to other yeah. little places out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. It, it's crazy because I I had looked at Patagonia fly fishing before and now it just made me want to look at it more. Yeah. Um, actually sent you the other night that Patagonia was open. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's opening on November 1st, ladies and gentlemen. That's my birthday. Um, you know. <laughs> We happen to come across a billionaire yeah. listener out there somewhere. <laughs> uh, wants to send us to Patagonia. <laughs> hey, you never know. You can't. They can't help you out unless you ask. That'd be awesome. Uh, the other trip that really kind of got my attention was the bonefish trip. Yeah, it was really cool. Never, I've never saw waterfly fished. Yeah, I mean, I have, but not like what he describes in the book. It's almost like what we do in saltwater. Yeah, like stalking. Yeah, I mean, like well, how we fish here. Yeah, in saltwater on in flats in. Much heavier rods and yeah, longer heavier cast, rods, but longer cast, but knee deep in water. Yeah, probably a lot hotter. <laughs> I would imagine it is. Yeah, I didn't get yeah. into that much. Um, you want to talk about the principles that you got out of the book? Some, I mean, uh, well, I mean, or I think any the thing trip that, that I that you liked more? Oh, the uh, the going to England trip. I, I mean, the whole um, that whole chapter just about going to England to the home of fly fishing. And uh, chasing brown trout there in in England is pretty crazy. You know that the principle in that book was talking about stealth and learning how to do that. And and, and so here, the thing that I love about the book too is he writes it from the perspective of I feel like guys like me and you. Like oh yeah, he's he not, does. He's, he's not, not an expert. He's not an expert in it. I mean, he talks about all the stuff that he learns from it. He talks about all the stuff that he learns from watching the experts. And uh, I, I feel like I feel like we would get along with Mr. Coggins very well when it comes to talking fly fishing. Now he would be so far out of our league and a lot of other things, but but he he has not done according to this book anyway. He has not done a Great Smoky Mountains National Park trip, so we are so out there. Maybe for that. we should invite him. I mean, knowing me, <laughs> I probably down, will. Mr. Um, so, but uh, I think um, I think that's kind of cool because a lot of the books that you read about fly fishing are a lot of the times written. Good point. Like experts trying to teach you how to do things. And he tells you like some things that he does in the book, but it's not written from like a very um, like snooty perspective of like, I've mastered this. You should follow me. I'm the master. You're the underling and you should follow my techniques. It's more. And I think the thing that I loved most about the books is it just tells stories like over and over and over again. Yeah, I actually did ask Mr. Coggins before we did this review. He did respond to me on Instagram. So we were good to go. Oh, so, sweet. That's pretty cool. You know what I mean? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. we didn't just do this without us. We talked no, yeah, yeah. about his book. I, I think that... But the way the ahead. way he tells stories in each chapter yeah. is what is so intriguing to me. It's it's Because that's what intrigues me about fly fishing. Yeah. Well, it's the experience. It's, it's the it's, experience. It's, the, it's from the moment you pull out of your driveway to getting your boots and your waders and stringing your gear up. And getting everything ready, building that. I mean, I mean, t- for me, kind of going back to fly time, like we were talking about earlier, is tying up the flies the night before and making sure you got everything ready and building that anticipation. And it, it, I mean, the whole title of his book is The Optimist. Like, we become hopelessly optimistic in our fly fishing endeavors because we're always, we're always convinced we are going to catch a bigger and more trout the next time we go, or we wouldn't keep going. Yeah, I think my um, 
this this would be my line of the book that I don't think everybody would, but I go to. <laughs> you know, he's talking about how the Argentinians are setting up for the dinner. Yeah. And it says, it occurs to me that dinner won't be until 9 or 10 p.m. And like, it's like, perfect. We, we fished all day. <laughs> we got everything we could out of this. Yeah. And we just waited and sat back and got ready to enjoy this amazing dinner by the by the water and yeah. it's but but i i go back to what you said he, he writes this book to where a beginning fly fisher could read this and say like wow i have a chance to be really good at this yeah that's the way i looked at it yeah um you know he he just uh, it's it's amazingly written um and the way he puts the stuff in there with the principles is is awesome the main trip was another one that stuck out to me mm-hmm. um because he was flying like what are those boats called that land on the water? The little float boats, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and they just land in big out ponds out there in Maine and Maine, good case big brook trout. trout, yeah. yeah. Um, so all kind of different techniques in there. Like I said, read the book in three days, put a lot of bucket trip lists in my brain now, yeah. And uh, it was literally, I mean, I we've talked about this on this podcast. I love to plan trips, and so yeah. this book was just a ride. <laughs> I mean, you gave you. me the book. I was like, yeah. you are going to love this book. Oh, yeah. And the minute I, as I'm reading, I'm like, i got to give Joshua this thing. And then as soon as I give it to him, I'll I'll get start getting links of research from trips of where we're yes, going. Yes, that's exactly what happened. started what happened. It was immediately. So, like, yeah. I feel like some of them are more doable than others. Like, yeah. Wisconsin smallmouth doesn't seem that far out of, <laughs> out of the question, right? <laughs> we, I, mean, I mean, let's go to Maine. Yeah, Just I mean, Maine trying. doesn't seem like that yeah. far away. Uh, so those are cool. Um, yeah. Mr. Coggins, we would just like to say... Thank you for far, your book. Yes, we love your book. Um, we will gladly recommend it to anybody who and wants to fly. I'll probably go read it again. Yeah, I will definitely read the chapter, some of the chapters again for sure. You know, great job. I have... You know, He's also a great follow on Instagram, so I've gotten to kind of follow him that way. And yeah. He writes some other stuff too. Uh, so yeah, that's where we are. It's a cool episode. Uh, mm-hmm. We want to talk to any about any parenting th- things that have gone on. We're, we're getting into... Fall. We have here's here's the deal. We are planning ne- next week. We got a little break from school for all mm-hmm. the kids. Mm-hmm. Our so, goal next week is to hopefully take our kids fishing. Our kids fishing, and then at a at a pond or, or, or maybe the river. Or maybe we, don't river. we haven't decided. Possibly, yeah, it's we're well, that's up in the air right now. And uh, then to do an episode talking about that. We would hope to do it last week. Weather did not cooperate. No, so it rained. We are a lot glad to see some pretty sunshine here this week, and hopefully on into next week. We're going to take our kids fishing, and uh, we actually had a listener reach out to us a couple weeks ago asking us to talk a little bit more about taking our kids fishing, so we're planning to do an episode about that. We're going to try to yeah. take our kids fishing. Well, we're going to take them fishing. We're yeah. going to try to We'll try to do that the best way to do it. Yeah. And uh, in doing so, is, uh, is there anything that you can say about uh, fatherhood or your kids that has happened in the last couple of days or no week since the last episode? I'm trying to think myself. Yeah, you know, nothing like crazy is happening. We're just in the in the kind of in the grind of school and after school stuff and life stuff and family stuff. And uh, kids are getting a little break next week. We are hoping to soak that up. And you know, kind of going back to the book, tying it all in. Um, just trying to remember, you know, as we think about like each chapter of that book was such a cool story. Like every day, man, we're writing. We're Helping write part of our kid's story. We're writing and stories. So we're, we're trying to think of, you know, what are we being intentional about? What are we being mindful of? Because uh, that stuff adds up over time. I would just like to give a shout out to uh, all the people out there uh, educating young children. 
um, educating Thanks, all children, you. but especially like our young children. I'd like mm-hmm. to shout that out, especially uh, kids being in elementary school and what they do and how they do that every day. It's awesome. My kids just, they, I love the fact that my kids love to go to school. And um, so that's great. I would also say that uh, my kids are growing, man. They, they just grow so much every day and, and keep getting older and more mature in different ways. And so just kind of tying it back into what you said, take time to relax. You take relax with your, with your children, mm-hmm. um, the small things. And, um, you know, be an optimist when it comes to, uh, to being a parent. Yeah. And, um, you know, there are hard days, like we talked about, I think a couple of episodes ago, yeah. there's sometimes you're going to mess it up, but, yeah. uh, we are, we are writing that story and, yeah. and our kids will take some of those memories with them, um, forever. So we're going to try to make one of those, um, fishing try to make some way next week. week. So yeah. Uh, get out there and fish. Uh, we'll hope to have a fishing report for you when we get to go fishing next yep. week. Uh, I am pumped about getting able to do that because we're going to also try to fit in maybe a little just me and you fishing trip. Yeah, we're, hoping, we're <laughs> hoping to do some kid fishing one day and adult fishing the next day. So, yeah, so that'll be great. And uh, pay attention, folks, ladies and gentlemen. The There's some exciting things coming in the future. Dad's on fly has some exciting (laughs) stuff coming. Well, at least for us. It may not be for you as a listener, but it is exciting for us. And we started this podcast for those that love us. So you'll be excited too. That's going to be great. Well, hey, thanks so much for listening again, Dad's on the fly. And we will see you next week for episode 12. Ratings and reviews, guys. Give us a shout. Thanks. Thanks.